Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Today on Two Black Guys with Good Credit, we dug into the crates for a classic episode. We hope you enjoy it. What's up, party people? It's your boy, A. Forbes, back in the building. I took over for that smooth-tongued, green-eyed bandit known as Matt Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Tired of his R&B-sounding voice. But before we go on, I just got to say one thing. I've changed my name, people. You got to evolve. I've moved from A Forbes to A Love. What? <laughs> That's a shocker. Oh That's my where God. we are. So I'd like to be referred to at this point moving forward as A Love. A Love. A Love. Are you good with that? A Love. All right. And this week, people, we are talking about a credit card is not a mortgage. That is the bottom line. It's not? <laughs> not a mortgage. No. And why is it not? And I usually ask me the questions, but why is it not a mortgage, Arlington? I'm going to ask a question today. And why is it not a mortgage? Because the interest rate is too damn high. And like my man Sean says, keep your money where it belongs in your goddamn pocket. I don't use goddamn for the for just for, for just to let huh? people know. But yes, I do not use the word goddamn, but it, keep your damn money in your pocket. And yeah, it's too high, Arlington. People are using this, these credit cards like their like their loans, like their mortgages, and you know, and the questions that we get all the time about this credit card debt because it, they're using it like a mortgage with no house, homeless. Wow, wow, powerful! Drop the mic. You asked us for this show. You asked for it, so now we're bringing it. A credit card is not a mortgage, and we're going to keep it moving because Dion's going to explain to you where these credit cards came from. In the first place, Dion. Well, I got to shout out BK Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Believe I it, knew yes. it. I thought, she was doing, I thought she was just doing a shout out for no reason. I was like, where did that come from? No, no. When I speak on this show, it's relevant. Okay. I'm bringing you information. So the one of the first bank issued charge cards originated in 1946 by a Brooklyn banker named John Biggins. It was called the Charge It Card. Get it? Biggie. <laughs> I said, I said, you, hey, I'm the one with the biggie lines. I'm the one with the biggie line. 
You stick to West Coast Tupac. I'm the one with the Biggie lines. Get it? Biggie. Also, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that was John Biggins. Calm down. Um, but shortly after that, you had the Diners Club. Now, interestingly enough, the way this whole um, uh, credit card w- actually was born, it was in 1950, and uh, a businessman, his name was um, uh, McNamara. He was at a, a business dinner, and he forgot his credit card. So he had this aha moment. And next, you know, came back to that very restaurant a year later with a small cardboard card and a proposal that resulted in the Diners Club card. Oh, wow. This is interesting stuff, right? You don't just get this anywhere. So then from there, about a year later, American Express, I guess it was about eight years later, American Express launched uh, their card. Mm -hmm. But with a twist. Right. Where you had to pull you had to pay your 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 card in full every month. Right. A charge card. Right. And then from there. So then about eight years later, you had American Express that launched their card. Sean's um, favorite card, boy. Jesus. Yes, indeed. <laughs> that man could tattoo American Express on his forehead. He would. Oh, let me tell you. I'm still you. a little pit, uh, upset Post with American job. Express until I get the black card. Then, you know, then I will then. Then, I then will you'll get yet. the tattoo. Yeah, and then I'll get the tattoo. Exactly. <laughs> and since it's, I'm already black, I just got to really just put a square on my arm. You get it? <laughs> or a rectangle. <laughs> Dion, please continue. Where were we? At American Express. Yes. So about eight years later, that's when they came up with their own consumer card, but with a twist. So basically, this was the first time that instead of having having to settle your bill in full every month, credit cards could actually become a revolving credit line. Right. And really, it was um, in the 1970s when the popularity of the bank and non-bank credit cards simply exploded. So did legislation, by the way, and we'll get into that more, too. But, yeah. That's interesting. The 70s. Well, yeah. The 70s. Well, it kind of makes sense, you know, because if you think about it, the 70s was a time when people were coming back from the war. They mm-hmm. were giving people loans. They were giving people houses. They were trying to jumpstart the economy. That was part of the jumpstarting of the middle class. Absolutely. And guess what? And then we're, and we're on the go. You know what I mean? So and think about how much a mind shift that was. Like, think about it. For people to be going to pay everything with cash and then going to a store and like providing with a card, like think of the mindset that had to happen for for store owners, businesses to accept these cards and be like, okay, we'll take this as cash payment and the insurance that they're going to get back their money because there was no computers like where it's processed right away. I went probably had to physically mail in the receipts or something oh, like yeah. to get Listen, to get a check in the mail. So you can imagine can tell you. the transition. Well, you were there, so tell us what happened. You were, there. <laughs> you were actually there. How did it work for you when you were a young man and doing this in, the and in the 70s? Tell us about it. Listen, A love embraces all life, Sean. Oh, God, I'm not getting <laughs> Stop just focused on youth. Time, time is no measure. It's the past, the present, all in one. Dion, I know you like that. Oh, yeah, getting deep. <laughs> past, the present, the future, it's all the now. So what I'm saying is when when I was younger, it's funny because my mom had a business growing up. You guys have all heard us talk about it over the shows. And her mm-hmm. business was 95% cash and 5% credit because most people did not use a credit card in the way we use them today. But the process for her as a vendor 
And she had this machine and you would give her your credit card. She'd put it down on the machine and she would roll it over like the way you screw oh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The carbon copies. Here's the crazy part, right? So it had carbon in the between. You'd sign on top. She'd give you a copy. She would keep a copy and she would send a hard copy to the bank. If she yeah. lost the hard copy, the money oh, was gone. She wow. was SOL. Yes, so there are many nights where we stayed in Lane's International Novelties, scouring the floor, looking for that. (laughs) I remember that, and you're so right. I worked at a drugstore in in the 80s, and people would just, we'd have the car, and we'd kind of scrape it through that machine, and then we'd put that in the till. Yes. And I remember from from like my from now from a consumer's perspective with credit cards. My mom had her credit card deep in her wallet, wrapped up in plastic, and that thing is only to be used for hurricanes, for tornadoes, some kind of severe condition. Right. When you're, in case of emergency, when you're rolling this thing out, and it's like a big moment. It's like a hum. <laughs> the card is coming out. It was rarely used, and it was there was no kind of membership rewards, points, and all that kind of stuff that's happening now. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was a uh, there was a. a, a seriousness to it now it's very there's a levity to it isn't it you just whip it out now you just tap it right you just tap it now it was it was like a fear because no one really understood it yeah people back then lived between lived within their means if you whatever you made is what you spent well i'll tell you even now today i was on i took the train yesterday to the dentist and uh, i heard like the metro train in new york city for those that know now you can use your credit card rather than have a metro card and automatically takes it but i heard what was happening it's so sensitive that you could have your card in your wallet and it's oh. still and it's still <laughs> picking up your credit card oh. people had like these metro card transactions on their credit card so when i was going through that turnstile yesterday I had my I had my my wallet deep in my underwear, ah. holding over my crutch area. I'm like, ah. they are not charging my cards. <laughs> Enough about where Sean hides his credit cards. Let's get this <laughs> back on the track. I can't unhear that. <laughs> we are talking about how a credit card is not a mortgage, and in order to do that, you need to understand the foundational elements, the definitions. So we're going to start by looking at your credit card statement. And let's go through the terms so everybody's on the same page as to what these things mean. Wait a second. A-Love. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. I am the done data of financial literacy. I'm the man. You're taking me back to just the core essence of just explaining a credit card monthly statement. Is that what you called the Dren in here for today? To go through a statement? Is that what you called me for, Bridget? If you can't understand the statement, how are you going to understand how to use the card? Not you're taking this, you're gone too far now that you're because your producer hosts all kind of thing. You want to run this show, okay, boss? Yeah, man, listen, you, you can't build a house on sand, right? Lady with the facts, you jeez, dropping knowledge today. Are you on board with going through a monthly statement? I think we got to go back to basics because you know what. I know we said a credit card is not a mortgage, but what we're what we're gearing for for our our listeners is that they understand that a credit card should be a thirty day interest free loan. Oh, yes. Dude, now you're talking my language. All right. All right. Let's All right. Get, let's get so, Sean, in. what's a late payment warning? I'm just going to go with that one. What's a late payment warning? Okay. I'm going to give you the, the textbook definition of it, and then we can, we can break it down in our way. All right. A late payment warning. If we, do not re- if we do not receive your minimum payment by the date listed above, you may have to pay a late fee of up to $39. Right. So, I, that means in, our, in simple terms that... This is not the interest that they're charging you. This is how the credit card makes money. It's a double hit you're getting. You're going to be charged the interest 
that you're going to be, whatever that interest rate is, and they're going to tack on an extra fee out of nowhere for making a late payment fee. So for those, so those that think that paying late or like Arlington has always called the double, double up syndrome, you're going to be paying interest plus a fee. That's highway robbery. So if I lend you money and you don't pay me on time, not only am I going to charge you interest, I'm going to charge you just a fee for paying me late. So it's a double. And the minimum is $40, is $39. So it can go up. They're not saying it's $39. It can go Plus your interest, depending on the card. And the other thing in the late payment situation that you really have to be clear on, a late payment can result in an increase in your interest rate for the card. So you could be at just, let's say, 10%, and you make a late payment. They charge you the $39 for making the late payment, and then they increase your interest rate on that card. It can go up to 18%, 20%, and it will stay there for at least six months. Sometimes it could be a year just because of one late payment. Oh, that's a great business to be in, isn't it? Like I'm talking, those are mafiosa interest rates. Oh, yeah. I just want people to know that we do our research here because I'm holding up an American Express credit card terms. I'm holding up a MasterCard JetBlue, and I'm holding up a luxury Barclays a black card, all right? And they all have the same language. All they are in this cahoots together. They all say minimum 30. So they all met in a boardroom and said, we're going to keep these fee structures the same. So you can't jump to another card and say, oh, they don't do this. No, the late payment fee is synonymous across all cards. Right. We two black guys is, okay? Yes. Minimum payment warning, Sean. What's that? Minimum payment warning. If you make only the minimum payment each period, you will pay more in interest and it will take you longer to pay off your balance. Let me give you an example. For example, if you have my balance on my American Express card, for example, for this month, is $45,000, okay? I pay it all in full. It's my business. I pay it all in full every month, so I don't pay any interest. They're saying, if I just make my minimum payment, it will take me 27 years to pay this off. Oh, I was going to say 35. Okay, but that's still long. Hold on. Here's a a catch. Not only would I have paid them back the 45,000 that I own for this month, but I'd pay them an additional 49,000 in interest. All right? Let me give you a, a smaller balance card here. I so wait, in all wait, these wait, cards wait, wait, wait. So the total you would have paid back on forty five thousand would be what eight ninety three thousand dollars. Exactly. And for those like, oh, it's a high balance. That's crazy. I have a card with a four thousand balance on the black card. It would take me sixteen years, and I would estimate of paying them eighty four hundred dollars, more than double over 16 years. Well, you know what's really what I think is important is the reason why we're going through the front of where while we're going through a credit card statement is because this information is there. They are literally telling you that if you pay this minimum payment, you are taking the sucker's bet. And the information is right there, but most people just see, "Oh, I only have to give them $10." They don't go down a little further where they explain how that $10 payment will turn you into their sucker for X amount of years. It's right there on the front. And it's if I, right there. And if I had to give myself a dollar, everybody, every time somebody asks me, can I just pay the minimum? I'd be a millionaire 10 times over. Well, I'm going to give you a few stats here, gentlemen. So um, they're saying right now around 29% of cardholders make low payments or near the minimum most months. So we're going we're to change that with this show, right? 
But what I thought was pretty interesting is it's not always the consumer you think that actually is making the low payment. So, for example, those with a FICO credit score of above 700, they're, more, of course, more likely to pay their full balance. But interestingly enough, those with an 800 credit score, 20% of the time make a low payment. That's interesting. Isn't that fascinating? I, what would be the upside for that? Well, I'm, I, I don't make minimum payments, but sometimes I'll make just a, I'll make a little But you're not talking about a minimum payment, Sean. You're talking about a low payment. So you always pay above the minimum. We have to be clear. Absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. You never pay the minimum. Even if it's 50, if the 50, if the minimum's 15, you're at least paying 25. Absolutely. Because if you pay the minimum, you look desperate. And I don't like to look desperate in any right. situation. And you know what? Let me stand corrected. They will make a low payment around 20% of the time, not the minimum. Yes. Exactly. So you're absolutely right. You're in line with the, with the elite. Yes. Well, I think sometimes that can happen because like I know for myself, I run a business and I use my credit cards in my business. And a business rolls, moves off of cash flow. So sometimes you're cash rich, sometimes you're cash poor, but you're still moving. So if you catch me on Monday, I'm up 10,000. You catch me on Tuesday, I'm down 500. So depending when that payment comes, I might say, okay, let me just pay above the minimum this month because next week I'm just going to come and pay it off. Right. Makes sense. So that's, that's something that's, that's some, so I can see how, you know, sometimes people with better credit may make that because it could be business related account Mm -hmm. summary. What's that Linda? (laughs) (laughs) Account summary is a, it's just a summary of your account. It has your pay in full portion. It has your pay over time portion. It has your previous balance, your payments or credits, your, plus your new charges and any fees or interest uh, associated with that. It basically shows you your position. Like this is your position in the month of December. This is what you owed previously. This is what you've paid. This is your interest rate. This is what you have to pay. This is what it looks like if you pay it in this manner. It's basically a, a 360 look at your credit with that card. It's a snapshot, absolutely. But there's opportunities here that you can always look at, you know, like payments and credits. You can look and see, you know, it says people listen to what it just says. It says payments and credits. So payments mean what you physically have paid, but there's ways in which you can earn credit. And let me give you an example, like this luxury black card. Yeah, what you I talking about, Sean? Yeah, I, do tell. <laughs> I, so there's a, like a $500 annual fee on this, right? And then there's, I had a, I had a, a secondary holder, which is a $150 uh, annual fee on the card. So I canceled it because it was my aunt and she's no longer using the card. But there was, so they wanted to, so I got the statement in January saying that, Oh, the re- annual renewal for my aunt for the secondary card is uh, is charged to my card for one hundred and fifty dollars. So I called them right away and I said, I no longer want my aunt on this card. Can you refund me the annual fee? And they were like, Oh, we're only gonna we'll we're, we'll refund you eleven out of the twelve month, which would be like one hundred twenty dollars instead of one hundred fifty. You know the man that I am. I was like, No, why would I do that? I just saw this on the statement. Now I don't want to renew it anymore. No, I don't want. I I'm not, I want the whole one hundred fifty dollar back credit. And they were like, no, no. And I, and I said, you know what? Cancel the entire card. I don't want it. And I know I have a high spend, so I can, I can, I can, throw I can your throw around. my weight around. Throw your weight and around. She, and I, she was like, she started back. I said, you know, I don't need to speak to you. You know, I call them gatekeepers sometimes. I said, let me speak to a supervisor. So the supervisor came on. She asked me what happened. I explained to her. Boom, boom, boom. She said, you know what, Mr. Linda? We're not only going to waive her fee. We're going to waive your fee for the year wow. as well. And gave me a credit. So, yeah. So relationships. 
can get you credits. And, you know, finding out things that you've been maybe overcharged for, certain services, well, that will get you a credit. So that what you're saying is that we should use that account summary page, pay attention to it so that we're constantly aware of what is happening on a particular card. So things like we don't get, you know, just leverage like that. Yes, exactly. I got you. Okay, moving it right along. Foreign currency exchange. Well, you should talk about that one, Arlington. Come on. Okay, I don't mind if I do because, you know, A Love likes to be around. A Love takes some pride in moving around the globe. Oh, God. <laughs> jet set. Yeah, you know how we do it. I don't know if I'm quite jet set, Gian, but, you know. Oh, Laura, tell the story. You see, you get so hyping on this show. I'm going to give you the layman understanding of this is basically when you get a credit card, and let's say you have a Capital One card, which is one of the ones I have. If you go to Italy, for example, as you're making purchases there, you're buying things in euros. So your credit card has to translate the euros to accumulate the debt in American dollars. And sometimes for doing that, they charge you a fee because they're like, okay, we got to interpret. He spent 40 lira, 40 euros, which is about 60 something US dollars. So we need to interpret based on the time he spent it and what was the value of the euro in that moment because it's in that day and they charge you. But if you're if you're really using your hat when you travel around the world in coach, you take the card that doesn't charge you a foreign currency exchange rate and you use that card. Right. And I think what Arlington is saying, too, and we're going to get more and more into it with this show and you'll start to realize cards are very personal. You know, it depends on your lifestyle and what you do. Because people ask me, oh, should I get this card versus that card? And I'm like, it depends on your lifestyle. Right. Like Arlington's saying, people that travel a lot, yeah, why would you pay the foreign exchange fee? People that just like to stay domestic and say, well, I don't need that because I don't travel a lot, then that, you're right, that card is not for you. But this is a way for you to understand what works for you. And these are the fees that they're charging you that you don't pay attention to. Let me hit with two, see if you can answer these ones, Arlington. Interest charged and total revolving credit line. Okay. See, I feel like now this has become a test. I'm kind of, A love is starting to sweat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Interest charged. Every month, you, you have a credit card. You have your credit card every month. Let's say you're going to spend money on that card. So let's say you spend $100. The credit card company is going, they have a system for devising how they charge you interest on that card. And that is the interest charged. It's the actual amount of interest that's charged on the purchase, the value of the purchases made. Hey, you spent $100, your interest charged is $18 because you have an 18% card. And here it 180. So here it is, right? Right. Okay. Total revolving credit line. You apply for a credit card. They say, hey, Sean Linda, you know, you're you're one half of two black guys. So we're gonna give you, because you have good credit, we're gonna give you a credit line of twenty-five thousand dollars. So the revolving line of credit is you can spend up to twenty-five thousand dollars. You can you can run it all the way up to twenty-five thousand, or you can take it down to zero and then run it up again. Whatever you want, it's a revolving line, meaning that it's always open for you to use unless you mess it up. And I and I will add to what you're saying. In the total revolving credit line, you'll see includes a cash advance amount, which is a which is not the entire. You can't cash advance your entire credit line. 
Oh, it's I didn't know that. Of the, yeah, it's a percentage of that. So, like, for example, in this one credit card I'm looking at, I have a $22,000 uh, revolving credit line, and I have only $8,800 available in cash advance. Another card, I have a $15,000 credit line, and I only have a $6,000 available in cash advance. They so, are doing people a favor by making it a percentage. I didn't, I didn't realize that that was the case. We always learn something about two black guys with good credit. I think they're doing people a favor in that sense because, as you know, once you, take that, exactly. once, you, once you take that cash out, you're actually being charged. It's compounding daily. Right. With, with, so what Dion is saying is that when you charge something on your credit card, you have what we said earlier, you have a 30-day window to pay that back, minimum. But when you do a cash advance, that interest starts right away. If I, if I cash advance $100 out of the ATM right now and I put it back in t- an hour later, I'm paying them 100 plus an interest rate. Yep. And so that interest no rate period. is typically higher than the interest uh, rate for cash for credit card purchases. That's the other thing. Put it this way. I'm from Brooklyn, right? And I can find a block where this guy's You're technically from Ottawa. Audio. You realize. I've been here 20 plus years. I'm from Brooklyn. And I can find a block where there's some guys hustling on the corner. And I can ask them for $100. And trust me, they're going to charge me a small interest rate to what these credit card companies are charging. <laughs> if I tell a boy on the corner, like, yo, can I borrow $100 and bring back $120 tomorrow? But like, all right, I got you. I can't go to American Express and Capital One and JetBlue and Discover and be like, yo, can I borrow $100 today? And tomorrow I'm going to be back $120. Like, what? $20? <laughs> black buy from good credit, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, bring back one fifty. <laughs> oh, we're gonna mess your credit up. We're gonna take away your home. We're gonna we're That's gonna take right. your credit bureaus. All the guy in the corner made it. <laughs> cash advance. I would have to be on the pain of death before <laughs> cash advance. Doctor, he needs a heart. What to do? Arlington, should we give you? Should we cash advance the money for you on the operating table? No, I'd have to think call. about it, Sean. And the only way, my wife would be whispering, the only way we can pay for that is cash advance. I'd be like, give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> I can make it without a heart. I'm a love. <laughs> All right, here's the, here's, the, here's the one that everybody knows. Minimum due and minimum due date. Go ahead, Sean. Well, well that's the thing. The minimum due is how much they want you to pay as a minimum. All right. And and it's not like that number is not for you to it's not a it's not biblical. Don't lock in. It's not a number like (laughs) and that's what they do. They put that number there because that's what they want you to pay, because that's where they earn the highest interest. It's fool's gold. We never ask to put the minimum. Don't put the minimum due on our statement. You would see how many people would pay more than they put that as a selling point for you to make that minimum payment. So they lock in. They got you. Right. So and then the payment due date is the day that you have to make that payment on. And I'll tell you, people don't understand. They're not, it's not the same date every month because it's a 30-day billing cycle. So as some people, as you all know, there's 31 days in some month and sometimes, sometimes there's a 28-day month or a 29-day month. So you have to pay attention to what your due date is every month. Don't assume it's always the same day. Yes, that is true. Sometimes you could get caught out there and you think it's the seventh every month. And sometimes it can be the sixth. That is so true. I always put my payments in my calendar two days before they're due because I'll go back and I'll double check. All right. The next three people are super, super important. We're going to move through them a little quickly, a little more quickly so that we can keep this show moving or it's going to be like a five hour credit card show. So Dion, no, Sean, Dion, somebody other than myself, (laughs) can you explain what is an annual percentage rate, better known as APR. 
Yes, happy to do so. So on uh, basically, this is the annual percentage rate. So for credit cards, the interest rates are typically stated year, as a yearly rate. So your rate can be anywhere from 0%, and I've seen them as high as 30%. And uh, we'll, get, we'll get more into the different rates and what they mean later on in the other areas, but that's basically what it means. Um, what's your next one, Arlington? The next one is a grace period. Oh, I love this one. So let me just talk about the American Express card. So, for example, on my American Express card. What other card my, would you talk about? <laughs> have, and and you've got to be careful with this. So they have a payment due date. So my payment due date, for example, on my Platinum card is um, for next month is February 1st, 2020, right? But then they have a n- next closing date which is February 5th, 2020. So basically, I have a grace period from the 1st to the 5th till my card closes, meaning the cycle closes, they're going to issue me a new um, bill to pay that payment. So I always have a four- or five-day grace period in which to pay it. But what it does for me, it just programs that my card is due on the 5th rather than the 1st, but sometimes without paying it. But not every credit card offers a grace period, so you have to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. I thank you so much for that because there may be people out there going, oh, wait, so you're saying my card, which says it's due on the 7th, I get three or four days like Sean? No, not everybody has grace days. <laughs> so you got to read your statement. Maybe you have them, maybe you don't. Exactly. Compound interest. That's interest on top of interest. I mean, Dion, you may be able to give the textbook definition of it, but it's interest on top of interest. And that's what people don't understand. With these credit cards, if you don't make your full payment, they're charging you interest again on that new balance, all right, plus the interest. So if you paid a credit card, if you had a credit card bill and it was $100, and the next, you only made a minimum payment of $10, and just say your new balance now was $101, you're paying interest on the 101, not the 100 that the original principal was. It's interest up top of interest. And, it, and that's why, I, exactly. And that's why people struggle. Like, I've been paying my credit card bill for, for 10 years, and I don't see it going down. I remember Dion and I, we did, a, we did one of our first financial literacy classes. We were teaching at a youth center. And the teacher, one of the teachers, he was actually from Nigeria. And he said that when he came to this country, he never knew what a credit card was, didn't really understand it. You just get this card, you can buy all this stuff on it. And he just started putting stuff on. He, he said he didn't. He wasn't married yet, but he was bringing his wife from. He was bringing yes, his fiance from Nigeria, her. so he wanted to impress her. Dion knows the story, and he was like buying all this stuff. Then he'd get this statement, and he would make a payment and make a payment, and then it kept going on. He said he didn't understand, like, why am I still paying this? And he just stopped paying it because he's like <laughs> in his country, like I have paid you back. <laughs> why are you keep asking me for more money, <laughs> my friend? I've given you vast. I took a thousand. I paid you back a thousand. Why are you still sending me this? And he just stopped paying. And he's a man was in his fifties or sixties, and you know it, it. And this he did as a young man, and he was still paying the penalty for not paying that card. And just, yeah, and, so, and that's why it's important, as you'll see as we move through this discussion. You have to have a repayment strategy. You have to because you'll stay mired in compound interest for years and not move ahead. And it's by design. (laughs) One more thing I want to talk about before we leave this portion of the show. Let's talk about those blank checks they send you. Oh, Oh, man, I, people get caught out there with those blank checks. They think it's Yeah, those check. blank it's checks marketing. just seem like they come, they show up, and they're just like, write a check. Just write someone a check. Write someone a check. 
I even saw now you can do like a cash advance and have the money directly deposited into your account. So what's the deal with the blank check, Sean? Because I know how I see them, so I want to hear how you see them. You want me to tell oh, you how no. I see them? I guess A-Love wants to tell me how he sees them. <laughs> I see them. They're, they're, they can sometimes be attached to your credit card and the interest rate of the credit card, and sometimes they can actually be like a cash advance and have its own rate. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not always and one. It's not always the same, right? At, no, no, depending on the card and the promotion. Like, have I used those checks? I absolutely have. I use them for when I have a zero interest credit card and I want to transfer a balance. Or, or for example, I had a tenant move into um, one of my vacant apartments in December and the broker was, and the, and the tenant gave me their three months rent. And then I had to pay the broker back one month's rent. So I, I, I needed the money for that month to pay particular bills. So I wrote the broker a check from the, from the check thing as a zero, a zero interest rate that I knew right, I'd be able to stretch it out for nine months. Yeah. So the broker got the check, and I kept all the three rent checks from the tenant. Man. Yeah, but let me ask you a question. In month 10, is that, in month 10, is that blank check... Be, is the interest being charged against that blank check? Yeah, is it the, the rate of the card or is it the rate of a cash advance? No, it's a rate of a card because it's like you're paying off your bills as a purchase. So it's a rate of the card. But I just, you know, yeah. But in my situation, the tenant's going to pay that back. Over right. No, I get period. that. I get that. I get that. I just wanted to be sure because I know sometimes those things can come in and they can be, you know, viewed as a cash advance. Oh, yeah. Every, every they create the rules around that check. Like I'm telling you my scenario, but your rules around your check may be totally different. And this is why, you know, you guys, I, I honestly really want to say before, I know we're going to continue, but thanks for sending your questions because if you're having anything that you're not understanding, send in a question to us and we'll answer it once a month. Exactly. Exactly. All right. This is a love. That's my new name. You heard it here. First people, and we are talking about a credit card is not a mortgage. If someone sends in an, a, a letter saying, Mr. A love, I have a question for you where I'm not responding. Okay. Because Forbes is business. Forbes is business. Let's hey, love, man. This is new business. Podcast. This is new business with two black guys with good credit. The show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Keep it locked, people. A credit card is not a mortgage. We'll be back. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. It's me, A. Love, Sean Linda, and the lady with the facts, Dion. Yeah. Yep. See, I like that. Oh See, Dion just yeah, responds. Dude. And Sean just That's has to attack. The 90s. Oh, yeah. He always has to attack. Oh, my Lord. Good Lord. And I'm sitting in for that smooth tongue R&B operator, Matt Smith. So I just want to give him his shout outs wherever he is doing his production thing. I'm here, Matt. Hold it down. Don't you worry about that. So now we're going to look at, we went through the terms. So you understand the terms, which are on your statement. But now you need to understand the application so that you know what card you're going after and what will happen and how it functions once you get it. I know a lot of people like myself back in the day, man, I would get a credit card application. It was like a lottery ticket. Will he get it? Will he not? Will he get it? Will he not? Will he get it? Will he not? But now we're a little more sophisticated. We've gotten our financial literacy up. Like the guy said to me yesterday in the, in the plane, Sean, he says, sir, would you like me to explain any part of the application? I was like, no, thank you, my man. 
I will take my time and read this on my own because if you think you're going to hand me an application in this dark tube where I'm sharing this funky air with all these people in here and I'm just going to sign it and give it back to you as I walk out of this plane without reading this fine print, you are crazy. (laughs) Times have changed. Absolutely. It's a new day. It's a new day. Don't try and give me the pink Cadillac. Try and take my publishing. Those days are over. (laughs) Well, It's great to hear that, Arlington, because as of there was a a report that was released November 1st of 2019 uh, by the American Bankers Association. There were 374 million open credit card accounts. So that's a lot of cards. I don't know how many people are just taking the time to really read through the application. Like you said, we're just open up cards willy nilly. So that's why this show is so important. For sure. All right, Sean, so let's go through some of the applications. The key things you need to use, balance transfer and balance transfer fee. What is that? Well, balance transfer is one of my favorite tools. And this is the thing I learned on Wall Street. I actually work hanging around brokers. And a balance transfer means that the typical definition of it is that if you have a pending balance on another credit card, you can you, you can pay off that balance and put it onto this new card, right? You're just so moving the money. Moving the money. And so, and sometimes it's all about demand, supply and demand. So credit card companies are smart. They know when you're going to spend a lot and they know when you're not going to spend a lot. They know leading into the holidays, the Christmas season, is that when you're going to stack up your card. So they'll offer you different, they'll offer you different better rates around then to try to get you hooked to run up your card. And then in the off season now, in January and February, you're not spending much. That's when, actually, sorry, that's when you'll get the harder offers because they know you want to spend. So and then January, February is where you'll get the better offers because you're not mm-hmm. spending. So they'll give you teaser rates to make you want to spend. You, you follow what I'm saying? They are studying us, yes. So there is like, so you have to do the math. So the balance transfer, I use them all the time. Like, my goal is when I look at my credit card statement at the end of the year, I honestly want to see zero fees, zero finance charges. That's my goal. And knock on wood, I've been in this country 20-something years, and I've never paid a finance or I've never paid an interest rate because I, I know that. And not every month I'm able to pay the card off in full, but I'll collect statements when I collect things where I'll see balance transfers. And if, I, if it's coming close to two to three months where I know I'm not going to be able to pay the whole thing in full, I will balance transfer what's on one card and bring it to another card with a zero interest and then spread those payments out over time. Like I had a young lady that came into my store that, that was um, calling me for, for advice. She had about $5,000 in credit card debt and she, was, and she didn't want to pay the heavy interest rate associated with it. So I said, Let's, uh, instead of applying for a loan, which is lengthy and you, you're still going to pay an interest rate, I always say the first step is I don't care what your credit score is. Let's just apply for a balance transfer and see what happens. Right. So we applied. She already she got a new business card, which she racked it up. She maxed it out at $2,000, and the other card was ma- was close to maxed out as well. So we were applying, applying. And to be honest with you, she wasn't getting accepted. So I said, you know what? Come to my store. Let's sit down and have a conversation, and let's try to see if we can pry a little bit more into this and figure something out that works. So once again, I, she came to my store. I applied to a more place. She wasn't getting accepted. I said, well, let me call your credit card company and see if there's anything that they can do. Maybe they can lower your rate. Maybe they can transfer it on. And we did. And when we called them, the car that she got for her business, which was brand new, guess what? It came with a zero interest on the car. Exactly. <laughs> and there was still room to balance transfer the other credit that car that had a high interest rate on it. So we were able to bring that other card, balance over another card, and put it under her new business card to save the interest. She had the power in it, and that's why we're doing this show. It's really yeah. based off her experience, because sometimes you just you have the power, and you just don't know you have it. That's it. And, and just, so, just so everybody knows, at almost 90% of credit cards offer balance transfers. And that's according to creditrates.com. So try. 
So that's one thing. And then they're saying also, I mean, even if it's just a, a small drop that you need or you've shown credit improvements, you, if you have a very high chance of getting your interest rate lowered if you try. So like Sean, like you can see he does it. He's, he's always, you know, just whatever you can do, he's always trying. They said you can, if you do, 69% of people actually are able to negotiate a lower rate. So it's worth the ask. You gotta hunt people. You gotta you know, either gotta be the hunter or be hunted. You gotta make a choice. So when you get out, you know, and to me, I'm very bold with my ask. You know, like I like I said earlier, with you're not gonna wave thirty dollars and I I spend thousands of dollars every month and I'm out. I'm out. That's the other thing. You gotta be willing to, you know, walk away. But the other thing I wanted to add to what you're saying, balance transfers don't have to just be from a fourteen percent credit card to a zero. You may have a credit card out there with an 8%, or you may be at 18 on one card and 12 on another. Absolutely. You can balance right. transfer from 18 to 12. That's 6%. And that's a significant savings in the process. So don't always think if, well, hey, I don't have a zero interest for the next 12 months. I can't balance transfer. No, the, the goal of the balance transfer is to get you into your lowest payment, your lowest interest rate for the amount due. Absolutely. When people come to me about paying off debt, the first thing I look for is zero interest cards and balance transfers. And just because you have a high balance on your credit card and you think you have to pay off this card, you're not married to these cards. It's a, rela- it's a relationship. It's an affair. And you can exit and leave. And you'd be surprised if you, when you balance transfer and you leave how much they want to get you back. Yes. So don't think because a lot of people are sitting and listening to this podcast thinking, I have this super high credit card. I'm just trying to pay it off. There's options and ways in which you can pay it off, and it may not necessarily be with that credit card company. You have options. I don't care what your scenario is. Send us your questions because I can, we'll be able to tell you you have options. Yes, and how do you really win? When you do these balance transfers, Sean, I just want to make sure everybody's clear out there. The way you win if you are going to do a balance transfer is... Lower interest rate. Amortize. Amortize and pay it off on time. And if you can't, what do you do? You balance transfer that bad boy again. Right. And just know when a balance transfer means you don't have to transfer the entire balance either. You can transfer a portion of it, whatever your other card can hold. It doesn't mean you have to transfer. And just think, well, is my credit card going to be lower because I maxed my card? Those things sometimes are minimal compared to what you'll be saving. Like, yes, you should manage and know your credit card score, but don't be overly obsessed with it where it's going to cost you to keep this card, this credit score up. Because my card, my credit score fluctuates all the time. The only other thing I was going to add is that just be mindful because certain balance transfers do have fees attached to them. So just, you know, do your math. You just got to wait. Risk versus reward, as we always say. I think we have beat balance transfer into the head. We sure hit. We sure have. That was the last thing I wanted to All right, Arns, let me go next. I got one for you, bro. Okay. Okay. Would A. Forbes rather have no annual fee or would A. Love rather have pay an annual fee on a card? And I know we used to call, for the record, we used to call Arlington in college Mr. Titus because he was cheap. (laughs) So so would you rather pay, what do you think what's better, a card with an annual fee or no annual fee? That's my question to you, Titus. And you can explain what annual fees are. I'd rather have no annual fee because I feel like, why am I paying you a fee to use your card and to pay you interest for the money you're letting me borrow in advance. So I'm, I'm, you're, I'm already paying you interest for you advancing me the money. And then I'm going to pay you an annual fee to get the right to pay you the interest when you advance me the money. No, no, no. You call me a love slash frugal. frugal no, well, that's why we called you. Well, let me give you my, that's why we called you Titus. 
because you're not looking the big picture. So studies have shown the cards that offer a, that charge a fee are the better cards. They offer better services. They offer more rewards. Like, for example, a no annual fee card may offer $1 for every dollar spent, while an annual fee card will offer $3 for every dollar spent. May give you sixty thousand reward points versus zero rewards for that for that non-annual fee card. So the theory has always been proven and shown that not all annual fee cards, because some of them are gimmicks. Some of them, like especially like for those, let me be very quite frank. You know, we, we're, we're honest on this show. If you don't have a good credit score and you're paying an annual fee, you got the wrong card because they're they're gouging you. Right. But if you have a great credit score and you're paying an annual fee and you've done your homework, you probably have a good card. So that should be your rule of thumb. If you're crediting up, if you so if I'm paying an annual fee, I probably have a better card. If you're paying an annual fee and you have an and you have a bad credit score, they're probably gouging you and take advantage of you. Right, but if I have a good credit score and I'm paying an annual fee, then you've done your I homework. probably have a good card. You probably have a good card. Like my my American Express. I don't like. I'm not promoting American Express, but my platinum card. I pay, <laughs> really? I, I, really? I, I pay an annual I fee. Tell. I pay an annual fee, and it's it's worth it. I mean, I I, I go. I just alone. I and when I travel so much, I'm in the Amex lounge and eating my eat, my kids are right. are feasting. You go back into the Amex lounge. Uh, <laughs> I've been in the lounge like right now. I just put myself in there. Shows he finds a way to work in that Amex lounge. Right? Exactly. And so. he's poolside. Look, man, A Love, A Love is open, so that's one for him to grow on. But I, but the funny thing is, I think most of my cards do have an annual fee. Given the choice, I don't want to pay it. But I, I disagree with you on that one. All right, what else? Since I got one, I didn't crush that one. Give me something else. What do you got? Okay, so when they have zero percent interest on purchases, what does that mean? And what are what are they not telling you when they say that? Zero percent interest on purchases god i feel like this is like the no annual fee card the no annual versus annual what are they telling what are you not what are they trying to get you at and they're not realizing it they're zero percent oh they may not be sharing that you you're not getting interest on the purchase at the time but you may get interest on the accumulated balance Right, or you could get interest on balance transfers. You could get interest on cash. Yeah, advance. balance transfers, cash. But see, those things, cash advance doesn't apply. Doesn't it's not even part of my credit card world, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but to those listening, I know personal people that have, that have done have done cash advances. So yes, not part of your world, Mister Forbes in Malibu, California. But to our average listener, maybe part of their world. No balance transfer. I'm good. I'm talking about um, cash advance. I don't care. I understand. I don't do that. But yeah, so was I right? Partially, you're correct. Wait, what was I missing? You were missing the part about balance transfers and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm just going to put a gold star under my own name because I feel I got that one right. (laughs) Here's one, though, that I think is really, really important. Your reservation code, Sean. Absolutely. Yeah, so many people forget this or, or don't use it. So when you get a special offer... And I worked on American Express, and I worked with credit card offers, okay? So we will, what we do is that we segment. We select, okay, we want to come up with a new card. We want to have people with credit scores over 700. We want to give them 60,000 miles. We want to do A, B, and C. So what we have to do is we have to send them a code with the credit card offer so that we'll know that this is a person that we targeted for this card, and we're going to give them these special promotional things that we're offering this card. So if you get a credit card offer, and you go to their website, and you fill it out, and you forget to put in that reservation code, the terms that they were giving you in the offer, are, you're not going to get. 
Mm-hmm. It's very important to put in the reservation code. That's if super you're important because you could be sitting at home waiting for your new card. You're like, oh, it's going to be a zero interest card for six, right. the next 12 months. The card shows up, you use it thinking this is what it is, and then you get hit with interest. And they're like, oh, sir, well, you didn't put in the promotion code. Too late. Exactly. Too yeah. late. Yeah, that's crazy. That one is crazy. Sean Linda. Sean Linda lives and breathes credit, right? He knows what's going on the back end. He's working on the front end. They don't call you the better half of two black guys with good credit for nothing. No, Dion, he (laughs) actually called himself that. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. He named himself that. This is true. Self-praise is all praise, Uh, brother. Self-praise is all praise, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, clearly. Billing cycle. You want to hit that? Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Most billing cycles are 30-day billing cycle, inclusive of weekends. It's not business days, but like it's a business days. No, it's 30 days. Count them up on the calendar, and so you have to pay attention to that because that doesn't mean your your payment is always due on one particular day of the month. It could fluctuate and change. Always know your payment due date, and we'll and we'll wrap it up with this one. Mm-hmm. So if I got a zero interest promotion, a great promotion, and I earned all these points, and they're like they're giving to me over time, and I'm zero interest for the next two years. What happens if I miss a payment? Do I still, do I still, am I still part of that promotion? Typically, no. Yeah, you're kicked out of the club. Yeah, you get kicked out of the club. You become a, you got to go sit in the corner by yourself and the party bus <laughs> continues without you. And the, and the crazy thing is what they can do to all of the interest that you were not being charged for the prior months, they can bring that forward and charge you all the interest if you miss a payment. Yes. And they want to do that. They're just waiting. I'm just I hope we get a credit. I wonder if we're gonna get a credit card company to sponsor this show. <laughs> yeah. So they want you to miss a payment, and when they miss a when you miss a payment, as much as I say, call in and try to get. They're not changing it because they the promotion ends done. Sit in a corner. I think, like you know, you know, the way I look at it is, it's not that I I never look at it as look. They want you to miss. I look at it as they they put it out there, and they know a percentage of people are gonna miss. So I just try to make sure I'm not in that pod. But it's like anything. If you get 10 people in a room, so many are going to do this, so many are going to do that. That, 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 that. I don't know if that's always preying on people. It's just the reality of life. Because a lot of times these offers only go in certain directions. That's the sad part. Like a lot of times when I remember when I lived in Brooklyn, someone was saying based on your zip code in New York, it differs anywhere. I think that's it. It stands for anywhere in the country. Based on your zip code, you get different offers. You know, so let's be clear. You do get different offers, different types of promotions, different interest rates. Which is really sad, which is like a whole different conversation because because in America, you know, we have brown communities, black communities, you know, and if you suppress by zip code, that means some person in one area with great credit may not get an offer by just because he lives in a certain area versus somebody yeah. else that lives in another area that has the well, same credit score. you know what's really crazy with that, that situation is where I say the, the, the zip code thing... The zip code, it's, a, it's, a, it's really a tricky thing, right? Because the zip code thing is based on the um, annual household income of a community. So, like, we live in this area called Thousand Oaks. It's Westlake Village. We live on the border of Westlake Village and Thousand Oaks. Thousand Oaks has a higher per household income than Malibu, which is hard for people to understand. 
Malibu, yes, is a very, very wealthy community, but in Westlake, per household, there's more money. So people here will get different codes than people there. Now, what ends up being the really interesting conundrum is if you're a guy, let's say you make 100K a year and you live in an up-and-coming neighborhood. Your neighbors who may not make what you make are create is why you won't re- receive certain offers. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there like, hey, I could, you know, I could do this, I could do that. And it's just not coming to you, which is really a, it's a it's a weird, very, very weird thing, but it is how mm-hmm. how the system works right now. It's just how the system and I guess in that case, Sean, you tell me you gotta get on the phone and kind of argue your case. Well, I'll tell you this so people understand, like Credit card companies are lending you money, and they are making billions of dollars, okay? And they're not making the money off people like me. They're making the money off people that don't pay in full Mm -hmm. and so forth because all these fees, fee, FIFO, thumb, is where they're making their money. So they're making billions of dollars because of just not being disciplined, not knowing, not, you know... And like we said, a credit card isn't a mortgage. It's a short term. It's a great tool. I encourage everybody. When we teach youth, Dion and I, we tell the kids, like, apply early for a credit card. Imagine, because the way to create generational wealth, it starts with credit. You have to have credit. From the Bloombergs to the Trumps of this world, they all made their money off leveraging credit. But they're not looking at credit the way consumers are looking at it. Having a good credit and paying off full every month, it's relationship building. Because like when I said, when they waive my fee on that card, it's because they see my, my spend. They see that I, I accumulate a lot of spend on the card and they were like, oh, we don't want to lose this guy. And that's a relationship I build over time. Right. Every time I call American Express, they said, you've been a member since 2001, sir. How can we help you? Yeah. Yeah, it's important. It's, it's definitely, definitely important. All right, people. So we've done the front of your statement. So you understand what that is. We've done the back of the application. All that little fine print that you tend to blow over because you're so excited to get this card and book that trip to Hawaii. We've gone through that because at the end of the day, this show is a credit card is not a mortgage. And we're going to keep digging that in. It is not a mortgage. It is, as Sean says, a short term loan. This is two black guys with good credit. A love, Sean Linda. Dion, the lady with the facts in the building. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Today's topic: a credit card is not a mortgage. That's what we're talking about, people. So we've taken you through the front of your statement. We've taken you through the fine print on the back of an application. And now we're about to hit you with what is really the truth. It's not a mortgage, meaning you don't want to be paying your credit card bill for two, three, four, five, six years. You are killing yourself. So we're going to hit you with some repayment strategies because A, love, D, Nichols. And S. Linda, we got some thoughts about that. How you can come out ahead. You can make this work for you, people. So my man Sean says, it's a 30-day loan. Figure out how maybe you can get 40 days. Maybe you can pay no interest. And build your credit. Sean, what do you got? Sean, before you jump in, I just wanted to say one thing, because we really do need to get a handle on this. Um, just to kind of give you the lay of the land and how just credit cards and debt has exploded, right? Yes, When the Bankruptcy Protection Act in 2005 was passed, making it more difficult for people to file bankruptcy, that's when people really started turning towards credit cards. They were desperate, right, to pay their bills, you know, uh, medical bills, soaring, you know, how are they going to pay for this? So that's when we, we actually passed the one trillion mark in debt, in consumer credit card debt. So we've really got to figure out how to bring these balances down, if not paying them off in full every month. And exactly. So if you charge 20% on a trillion, that's trillion, Hello. trillion. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and <So>. goodbye. <laughs> right? Well, one of the strategies that I, like Dion mentioned earlier, and I just want to be a little clear on it, is amortizing your payments. So, I mean, I love a zero interest rate credit card. And what I do, I have my spreadsheet. And if I put $1,000 on it and I have 10 months of zero interest, you best believe, rain or shine, I'm paying $100 a month. And it's like a game for me. I win once I'm able to pay it off in that specific time. Win, and, win, win, win. And if I can't, then I'm going to be true to myself. Hey, you know, Orange and I have finance discussions all the time, so I love him to death. Unless he drives me crazy, and he'll be like, yo, isn't that, what's going on with that balance transfer, Sean? That's what he'll say to me. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I know it's coming due, Arlington, and it's not, but I don't know if I'm going to have it. But I'll be true and be like, well, you need to find another car to balance that transfer on. And I will. And even if they're going to charge me a 3% fee, which would be like $3 or whatever, I'll pay that balance transfer fee in order to keep that zero interest going. Right. I want to ask you something because, Sean, you this whole show, you've been coming from the zero interest, the balance transfer zero. You've been living on zero interest. How do you handle cards with an actual interest rate attached? Because I know you're not you know, you're not sitting on a wallet full of no, zero no, interest no, no, cards. No, no. What I've done, I have the discipline. My mouth is not bigger than my eyes. In Say the that again. That I, like, my mouth. That Bayesian colloquialism. My mouth ain't bigger <laughs> than my eyes. 
I don't eat more than I can. Me- but his forehead is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Two coconuts roll down a hill one time. <laughs> <laughs> so what that means in, in theory is that I pay my, I don't, I don't really, to be quite honest, let me keep it frank. I don't even know what the interest rates on my credit card. I don't know if they're charging me 30%, 20%, 5%, 10%. I have no idea because I don't really care because I pay the card off full and every month and don't carry a balance unless it's a zero interest card. So have it you becomes never a, carried a card over a month in no, I life? Have. If, if, it's a, if it's a zero, I've never paid that, an, with interest an interest charge. rate. With an interest rate. Never. Ever. Never. Ever. Never. Damn, Never. dog. You're good. And I've had a card for over 20 years, okay? Never. It's a discipline. I'm not saying every month I'm able to pay it off a full, but when it's coming, I'm real, and I'll, I'll find a zero-interest balance transfer card and transfer it over, find a way to get out of it. And I've had cards balanced at 80000 70000 and every month I'm scratching my head, where am I going to find the money to pay this off? I've borrowed from myself. I've, you know, if we can get in a retirement show, just to bring back the other shows, within retirement, you have a 60-day you could do a 60-day loan to yourself every year, interest-free, unreported. To the, you don't have to. You don't have to. So sometimes I've had to take money out of my retirement and roll it back in within 60 days to make that payment. But I am determined. I'm destined. I'm going to make that payment. That is commitment. That's why I keep. I keep telling you guys, you got to change this show to a black guy with good credit. <laughs> so your strategy, Sean, is you find that money, you move it around, you balance transfer, you get zero interest cards. You- yeah, exactly. Some people will be like, I'm keeping my money in the bank and paying and earning 1% interest, but then paying 30% interest on a credit card, which yeah. I'm not understanding. They don't make dollars, don't make sense. Yeah, we talked about that. That is another one. I, I constantly say that in my household. I'm like, if you have 5000 in the bank and 5000 on a credit card, you're broke. And it's a discipline, too, because if you have, like, if I add up all my cards, I have close to a million dollars access in credit, you know. A million dollars? Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Sean, come on, man, for real. You're telling me you have a million dollars in credit cards. I've been tested this road before. I've I've shown my friends. I call American Express and I say I need to make a two hundred fifty thousand dollar purchase. You're, you have an American car, Express card for two fifty. No, there's no limit on it. But I've tested people. They're like, oh, you sure you can buy this? I say, okay, let's make a call. Oh, I'll call oh, American Express and I'm like, hey, I need to purchase a Lamborghini, something outrageous, and it's three hundred thousand. Can I put it on my card? Hold on a second, Mister Linda. We'll get right back to you. Yes, that credit will be available as long as you get it. And so yeah, so I have access. So but what isn't I'm that saying the nature to, of American Express cards? Because well, I guess everyone has a cap, and the cap can be different because that card is designed to be paid at the end of the month. Well, no, I have that's a charge, but I have a lending card that does the same thing. But what the point of matter is is that that access to credit helps you grow. Yeah, right? it's a tool. I, I that's I the whole point that. of it. It's not me to tell you what I have access. Just to let you know that you can use and leverage that access because I was taught from an early age. Yeah, when I got into real estate, I didn't worry about like how much renovations were needed if I saw an opportunity because I know I could use credit to help do the renovations. I didn't have to worry about, did I need, like if I saw a building I wanted to flip, I didn't have to worry about where am I going to get the money to renovate it. I knew that I just got to buy the building and I can put everything on credit. I can pay everybody on credit. I can buy all the materials on credit. And then if I get a zero interest card, I have 12 months in which to sell this building to get my money back that I renovated and get the money I put back into it. So credit was always my silent partner. Yep. All right. 
Credit is access, people. It's growth. And part of what you're talking about is actually the whole idea of a charge card versus a lending card. Exactly. And a charge cards just make me, like, I, I think they're a good way to start out with because it, it builds that discipline. Right, explain the charge card. Our charge card is you don't, you can't leave a balance. Every month, whatever you put on, you got to pay it off in full. Right. All right, give me one, Arlington. You owe me one now. Give me something else. You give me something now. Shoot. You're a good guy with credit. You're a black guy with good credit. One of my, okay, one of my strategies that I, that I like to use is you, as we said before, you have to know when your billing cycle ends. So you have a credit card and let's say they issue you, your payment is due on the seventh of the month, every month. Okay. So what they do is they work backwards from that date to issue you a bill. So your bill may be issued 10 days, 14 days before the seventh of the preceding month, right? So your billing cycle might end on the 23rd and your payment is for that site, that period is due on the seventh. So if on the Day of the 23rd, you make a purchase, that payment will not come on the next billing cycle, but it will be on the one after that because they've already issued the bill. So what you end up doing is turning your 30-day repayment loan into 40, sometimes 45 days. So that's a key strategy I use because I'll say to myself, listen, in 45 days, I know I'll have this 5,000 in hand. So I'm going to buy it strategically right here. I don't just willy-nilly wake up and say, oh, I need to make this $5,000 purchase. It's a Tuesday. I don't know what the heck's going on in my credit cycle. Boom, take it. No, I strategize and I say, hey, right here, I'll pull the trigger right here and give myself those extra days. So that's that's one of my strategies. Well, as you know, my famous group Tribe Called Quest, you've been Fife Dog right now, but let me, let me become, let me give the tip, Q-tip, right? So another one. I like is, <laughs> is oh debt consolidation. <laughs> and we talked about this a number throughout the show, but it's understanding the interest rates that you're paying on the cards and what you're and understanding how much you're paying and learning to consolidate that debt. And just to be clear that everybody um, understand what's the, what a loan consolidation is. So that's when you're going to use a larger loan to pay off several small loans. And Large you loan. usually... Correct get a lower interest rate or monthly payment. Correct. Got you. Got you. Yeah, call it, consolidation is important. You've said that you've said that um, throughout the whole show and I I definitely believe that because sometimes and sometimes people that are over the barrel like if you get over the barrel and you just feel like you're not making headway, there are opportunities to consolidate Consolidate all your debts. There's organizations that will do that, help you consolidate your debt into one monthly payment. And you'd be amazed at how much your payments go down. You'd be amazed. I mean, these are game changers. These consolidations can be from paying in the thousands to paying in the hundreds every month. I mean, they're really game changers. But again, how do you win? Pay it off in full. Yeah, paying it off in full is always the win. But, you know, we have to look at all the different options out there because not all the different options, but the different People are all in different places because what right. most people do with credit is they ride it into the dirt. Like there's a point in time when you're like, I owe 20 and I'm just not seeing any headway. Like now you're starting to take food off the table to pay the credit card guy. And that's just the slow road. Like we said in the bankruptcy show, you're on the slow road to bankruptcy. But if you had went to a consolidation uh, if you had went into debt consolidation instead of like Sean said, paying a thousand a month, thousand a month, you may get that down to three hundred, 
And then you could just pay 500, which is above the 300 and get you out of it faster. But at least that's $500 that can go back into maintaining the rest of your life. Right. Or investing. Um, but the other, the other reason why I said, how else do you, and how do you win is when you don't go run up those cards again. So you pay off those cards with the cons- with the consolidation loan, but then whatever you need to do, do you, if you need to put them in the freezer, we don't necessarily say you know recommend always cutting them up because you still want to maintain the um, debt to utilization rate. You want to maintain the length in credit history. So when you pay those off, you know it really helps boost your credit. But don't go running them up again. That's For sure. when you lose discipline. And I think this is the most important strategy. If you make $50,000 a year, you cannot go out and spend an additional $20,000. Right. You can't live a $70,000 lifestyle on on $50,000 a year. You just like, you kind of have to have a bit of an old school mindset. You've got, it's simple. You have to live within your means. Absolutely. And, and if you, if you have to live within your means because most people like, Sean is in a very unique position. And I, and I think in our show, we talked about transparency. Sean runs in the way his business, he's a business person. I'm a business person. We have what we always call, and my mind just went blank. This is so hilarious. Cash flow. You have constant cash flow when you have a business. Some days you make a lot of money. Some days you make a little. But when you're getting a biweekly check, you know what that number is. It's not changing. If every week you get $2,000, how can you spend 3000 Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work Absolutely. that way. So you have to understand, like, yeah, you can hear, like Sean said in this show, he pays off a $45,000 credit card every month. I have a business. I still find that a staggering number. But that's his lifestyle. That's not my lifestyle. So you have to look at your credit as where am I and how can I devise a, sin, uh, a system a that's going to work for me so I can leverage to the, to the best of my ability. But you can't just go blow the back out of this, out of, out of these systems. You have to know where is the repayment going to come from. Figure that out first before you make the purchase. Yeah, the key word is you have to be strategic. All right, people, there you have it. We laid it out. We laid it out as best we can. We two black guys did. We went to town. We looked. We tried to answer all the questions you asked and people have asked us over the years. We thought it through. We brought our own personal stories. We gave you all we got. That's it. <laughs> as they say in America, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I'm exhausted, son. I gave you my blood today, people. We gave you our blood today. Two black guys with good credit. A credit card isn't a mortgage. Pay attention to the front of the statement. Pay attention to the back of the application. Create a strategy for repayment. If you do all these things, you'd be living like my man, Sean Linda out there, you know, getting cards left and right, balance transferring, never paying the man any interest, just floating through. He's saving saving offers that come in the mail. He's got a file folder. He's got a a person that lives under his desk that their only job is to make sure he's up to date on the latest credit card offers. But the man hasn't paid interest in 25 years, so you can't be mad. Two black guys with good credit. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. A credit card is not a mortgage, people. And at the end of this show, now you know why. And now, people, it's time to say goodbye. Well, before I say goodbye, I always like to 
uh, refer our listeners whenever I can to you know really important resources that are going to help support their financial journey. And when it comes to credit cards, there was an organization that was formed called the CFPB. If you haven't heard of it, it's the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It's a U.S. government agency that makes sure that banks, lenders, and other financial companies like credit cards treat you fairly. So, of course, we're always here for you as a resource to answer your questions. Every month, you know, we have our mailbag show. Um, We always welcome anything that uh, is on your mind. Bring it to us. Um, But there are agencies out there, specifically this one, when it comes to credit cards, to really um, protect you and make you understand your rights. Uh, With that said... Please always feel free to email us at tbgwgc at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Black Guys Good Credit. And don't forget to leave us a five star review like Concerned Bus Rider, who said 100% authentic advice. Love the advice you guys provide. You guys do a great job with the facts. Thank you so much, Concerned Bus Rider. And with that said, I'm Dion Nichols, the lady with the history, the stats, and the cold hard facts. And I'm out. You know, Dion, you're a tough act to follow, I tell you. It's not easy. But I'm going to try. People, I think this show, we said it. A credit card is not a mortgage. And I think the bottom line is information is king. Read these applications. Know what you are getting into. Comparatively shop. Compare one card to the next card. Don't just go in there and roll the dice and take any card that... Don't just take the first card that's willing to marry you. Make sure you pick a good bride, a mate, someone that's going to love you and support you through sickness and in health. Because most of these cards are not going to do that. So do comparative shopping. And then the most important thing is you got to have discipline. You have to understand your money and how to use it and how credit works and how to use it. So we don't want people to be in this life cycle where they're carrying credit card debt for 10 years because no one's winning other than the credit card company. And it's time we put that in our rear view. And my name, my new name is A-Love. My tagline, come and get some people. Oh, I like it. (laughs) All right, well, I'm Sean, the better half of two black guys with good credit. And I think today I'm going to do a special thing. I, Arlington always said, you know, um, give them their flowers. So Arlington, I'm going to give you your flowers today. And I just like to say, every time you come on the show, I know you don't come as often, but when you do come on, you bring a certain energy to the table and a certain excitement and a, and a, and a, and a fun thing. And magic. And magic. And I'd also say, you know, we were always looking for the right mix. And sometimes people, that right mix is right in your back door because, you know, we brought in our producer, Matt Smith, who came forward and he's been doing an amazing job. And it just brought the family unit between the four of us that much closer. So I'm just saying, you know, Arlington, we appreciate you. And Arlington now is behind the scenes producing the show. And we're, when we're, we're getting all these texts, these blurbs, these things of what to do. And he's really made the show super strong, super tight. And he just brings a certain energy that we love. And then even Matt has played a great role. So we work hard to bring you these great shows. And I think it's a solid team and... You know, I'm just, you know, giving them the flowers. So that is it. Whoever you need to give flowers to, give it to them. Because we've, we've credit card this whole thing out. And I'm Sean, the better half of two black guys with good credit. Check me out. Follow me at financiallyclean.sean. 
on Instagram. And please, please leave us, like Dion said, a five-star review and send us your questions so we can help address your financial needs. And I'm out, Dion. I'm out. I'm out. See you next time, good pod people. All right. Someone get me a box of tissues. Oh. (laughs) Sending you a a hug to the microphone. All right, we're out, guys. And I'll take it, Dion. A love, come and get some. (laughs) (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.